Well, what is amazing grace anyway? We sing about it all the time. Today, I'd like to give you an opportunity to experience it. A couple times a year, I try and memorize large chunks of scripture to let it speak for itself. And today, we're going to look at two values of our church, challenging Bible teaching and relevant environments. And one of the reasons I try and memorize some scripture and we as a team bring these kind of performances to bear is because it's powerful when you study the Bible. But it's also powerful when you experience it. And there's something about drama that allows us to experience the scriptures, to allow it to speak to us in a deeper way. In fact, I got a phone call about a month ago from an attender at our church. He said, Chad, I've been using the app and I've been going back to a series you did in 2011. I was thinking, what did we do in 2011? He said, it was the book of Acts. He said, I'm just noticing how the people in the book of Acts had this connection with the Holy Spirit that I don't always have. He said, sometimes I'm depending more on my salary or my 401k than I am on God. How can I deepen my connection with the Holy Spirit? I said, well, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is illumination. The illumination of the Holy Spirit is when you're reading the Bible and suddenly a verse jumps off the page like somebody shined a light on it. I said the role of the Holy Spirit is to illuminate, to point us to the Bible and to point us to Jesus. So if you want to really connect with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't want to bring attention to himself. He's always trying to bring attention to God's word or to Jesus. He said, well, tell me more about that. I said, right before you study the Bible, just ask God's Spirit to speak to you, to light up that verse. Because when you're reading the Bible or experiencing the Bible, you should hear a, a nudging or an impression or it's like there's somebody in this book speaking back to you. I hope today you'll find the same. As we get to see the words of Samuel come to life. You know, Martin Luther had this great quote. He said, what will you do with the mundane days of faithfulness. So much of life feels mundane doing the same things over and over again. But Samuel is a powerful example of how to live faithfully because we serve a faithful God. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the text today, to speak to us through the scriptures and this powerful story of faithfulness. Father, we ask that you would speak to us today and challenge us to live dependent upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoy. My name is Samuel. I have judged Israel all the days of my life. Here in Bethel, in the city of Gilgal, in the city of Mizpah. And then <laughs> I do it again. I travel the circuit year in and year out. Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. Every year I return to my hometown of Ramah. When I return there, my brothers and sisters come to me and they say, Samuel, where have you been this year? Where have I been this year? Well, I've spent some time in uh, Bethel. I've spent some time in Gilgal. And I've spent some time in Mizpah. 
My mother would often tease me and say, any big plans for next year, Samuel? Oh, yes, mother, I'm going to really shake it up. <laughs> next year, I'm going to go to Mizpah, then Gilgal, and then Bethel. I love judging the people, teaching them about the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies, as my mother used to call him. Teaching the people of Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah how to love the Lord their God with all their hearts and all their soul and all their mind to be faithful. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is doing the little things over time, again, and again, and again. But to do it because we serve a God who is faithful in the little things again and again over time. And we want to be faithful in the little things as an expression of gratitude to our great God whose mercies are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Every morning, God comes to the sun and says, rise again. He says to the wind, blow again. He says to the river, flow again. And he says to the bird, sing again. This Lord of hosts, this God of angel armies, he is faithful even when we are faithless. My family certainly found that to be true they were faithless in many ways, but God continued to be faithful. My parents lived in Rama. My father, Elkanah, was from a family known as the Heights of the Watchtowers. An incredible legacy. And yet, he was faithless in that he married two wives, Paniah and Hannah. But Hannah was barren and could have no children. Every year he took them to Shiloh for worship where he'd offer sacrifices for Paniah and each of her sons and daughters. But for Hannah, who was barren, he would offer a double portion. For my father loved my mother so dearly. But Paniah, her rival, would, would mock her mercilessly, criticizing her because she was barren to make her miserable. Every year on the way to Shiloh for worship, Paniah would mock my mother that she had no children, to which she was grieved in her heart. Wouldn't even eat. One day in Shiloh, my father saw her grieved in heart, not eating, and he said, Hannah, why do not eat? Hannah, why are you grieved in your heart? Hannah, am I not better to you than ten sons? To which my mother said, I'm just grieved 
After dinner, she made her way to worship where she fell before the Lord. Oh, Lord, remember me. Remember your maidservant. Do not forget your handmaiden. For I have longed for a male child. I have prayed and prayed. If you will give me a male child, I will lend him back to you. And a razor shall never touch his head. As she continued to pour out her her complaint, her grief, her sorrow before the Lord, her lips were moving, but she was praying in her heart. Eli the priest was sitting nearby and he saw her. Her lips moving, but no words coming out. Are you drunk, woman, in the house of the Lord? Oh, I, I, am, I am not drunk. Do, do not think of me as a wicked woman. I have had no wine or intoxicating drink. I'm just grieved in my soul. I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord in complaint. If I have longed, longed, longed for a child. And the Lord has withheld him to me. Oh, well, shalom then. Shalom, peace of God be to you. May the Lord grant you your request. With that, my mother, her heart was filled up. She ate again, and she and my dad made their way back to Rama. And it was there that my father knew my mother, and over time she became pregnant. And I was born. And she named me Samuel, which means the Lord hears. Every year my father continued going back to Shiloh to offer his his annual sacrifice. He asked my mother to come with him. And she said, "Not, not not until Samuel's weaned and then he shall remain there forever. All right then, whatever seems best to you. Only that the word of the Lord shall be established. I remember when I was two, my mother and father took me to Shiloh for the first time. We took three bulls. We took a flask of wine and some, an ephah flour. We made our way to Shiloh. When we arrived, my mother saw Eli. Eli, I am the woman who poured out my heart before the Lord many years ago, and the Lord granted my request. And now I bring my son to dedicate him to full service forever for the Lord. This is a blessing of the Lord. Yes, may God bless you and your husband with many more sons and daughters. And with that, my mother loaning back to God that which she most longed for for so long, worshipped. She stepped back into that place of worship in the tabernacle and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, for the horn of the Lord is exalted, and I shall trust in his salvation. I smile at my enemies. Talk no more, you proud. Speak no more, you arrogant. For the Lord has made the hungry hunger no more, and the barren has brought forth seven sons. 
For the Lord humbles and the Lord exalts. The Lord brings down low and the Lord brings up high. The Lord makes poor and the Lord makes rich and he shall give strength to his king, the Messiah, and the horn of the Lord shall be exalted in the Lord of hosts. And with that, my mother returned to Rama with my father, and I was trained to be a priest. I remember I had this little priestly ephod I would wear. In fact, my mother returned each year for worship and she sewed me a new one. Would make sure it fit, spent all year putting it together. And I was trained by my adopted family. And my mom would tell me stories of how faithful God had been during their times as a family being faithless. Little did I know that my new adopted family of priests which felt like a grandfather, Eli, and two adopted fathers with his sons, Hopney and Phineas. But as they trained me to be a priest, I began to see a difference between what they said and what they did. They taught me how to sacrifice and to offer worship to God. But they would take the choice meats for themselves. People would come with worship and the choice pieces which belonged to the Lord, they would take a three-pronged meat hook and eat it themselves. When women would come to worship the tabernacle, Hopney and Phineas, who were married to wives, they, they would invite these women into their bedrooms. I often heard Eli confronting them. What is this report I've heard of you? This is not good. For if you sin against a man, you can be reconciled. You sin against the Lord, who will intervene? I didn't understand at the time. Once a prophet of God came and confronted Eli, I could hear him yelling at Eli for what he had allowed to happen. But Eli and Hopney and Phineas, they refused to repent. I continued to grow, and I remember when I was about 10 years old is the first time the Lord appeared to me. See, there was no, there was no widespread revelation in those days, and a word of the Lord was rare in those days. And I did not yet know the Lord. I was sleeping that night in the Holy of Holies, just behind the curtain where the ark was kept in the holy place. I remember dozing off to sleep. Eli was in his place, and I was in mine. Samuel, Samuel. I got up and I ran to Eli's. Eli, did you call for me? <sighs> no, I didn't call for you. Go back to bed. Oh, okay. And I went back to my place and again, I heard the voice. Samuel. Eli, you did call for me. I did not call for you. Go back to bed. A third time. Samuel? Eli, you did call for me. 
Now his eyes had grown very dim at this point, and the light of the Lord had gone out in the tabernacle. But he perceived that it might be the Lord. Perhaps it is the Lord speaking to you. Next time you hear his voice, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. The Lord? The Lord might be speaking to me? I went back to my bed and I, I waited. And I waited. And I waited. Until I dozed off. Samuel, Samuel, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And the word of the Lord appeared to me in the holy place. Samuel, Samuel, I am about to do a thing in Israel that will make both the ears of all who hear it tingle. For I have forewarned Eli and his sons and he has not heard me. And I will begin to bring judgment upon he and his sons, and they will be cut off forever, from beginning to end. For he has allowed his sons to become vile and to pollute my worship, and he did not restrain them. The Lord was going to judge and cut off Eli and Hopney and Phineas. It's like my adopted family. The next morning, there's a knock on the door. Eli came to me. Tell me now, Eli. Samuel, what, what is the word of the Lord? Hide nothing from me. Speak to me. If not, the prophecy will fall back on you. And I told him everything. I hid nothing from him. It is good, it is the Lord. May the Lord do what seems pleasing to him. See, in those days, the Philistines, they would make regular attacks upon the Israelites, stealing from our thresholds, stealing our crops. The people of God were always pushing against the Philistines, but because they too were faithless, just like Eli and his sons, they presumed God was with them, but their hearts were not with him. And there was a devastating battle. 4,000 Hebrews were killed. And rather than repenting, They remember the days of Joshua. They thought they could use the Ark of the Covenant as a trinket, a magical charm to win victory. So they called for Hopni and Phinehas to bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle. And they did. But because the people's hearts were not right, when the Ark arrived, they 
They worshiped in a way that looked like worship. They cried out so loudly, in fact, that the Philistines nearby heard them and said, the Ark of the Covenant has come in to Israel. This is the God who defeated the gods of Egypt. Oh, Philistines, let us fight like men. Philistines, let us fight like men against the God who took down the gods of Egypt. But what sounded like worship wasn't worship. It was an attempt to use God for their own purposes. And 30,000 Hebrews died that day. It was a slaughter. Hopni and Phineas were killed in battle. The ark was taken. One of the survivors made their way back to Eli and told Eli that both his sons had died. Eli was so shocked, he fell off his stool and broke his neck and died. Phineas' wife was giving birth and she went into premature labor. And as the child came out, she cried out, Ichabod, Ichabod! The glory of the Lord has departed. The glory of the Lord has departed. And with that, the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. You see, they thought that their God, Dagon, the great fish God, had defeated the God of the Israelites, our God, the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. So they placed the ark before their great fish god, Dagon. The people of Ashdod returned the next day to find that their God had fallen over on its face before the ark of the Lord. <laughs> they were embarrassed. Their God's fallen over. They, they put him back up and they returned the next day. And again, to show the supremacy of the Lord of hosts, Dagon fell before them. This time he cut off his head and broke off his hand to show he had no authority and no ability over the God of hosts. They set up Dagon once again. But God longs for repentance from both the Hebrews and the Philistines. But the Philistines didn't repent. So God smote them with plagues, just like he did with the Egyptians, the plague of, of rats. <laughs> and God smote them with hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids. <laughs> so much so that they sent the ark from city to city. Five Philistine cities, Ashdod ending up in Gath. Each time the lords or mayors of those cities pushed it off. Each time smote with rice, uh, with, 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 with rats and with with hemorrhoids. <laughs> Eventually, when the ark was pushed to Gath, the hometown of Goliath, the people were finally ready to repent. They turned to their priests, how, how can we, how can we be healed of these great plagues? To which their priest said, you must return the ark to the Hebrew people. Put it on a cart pulled by two oxen, and if it does not turn to the left or to the right, you will know their Lord has received your repentance offering. But you shall also offer to it 
five golden hemorrhoids and five golden rats, each representing the five cities and the five lords. I often think I would have loved to have seen those Philistines carving little golden hemorrhoids and little golden rats. The cart made its way. And with those two oxen, it did not turn to the left or to the right. And it made its way to Beth Shemesh, where the people of God, who had been faithless, thought that God's glory was gone forever. But as they harvested in the field that day, their eyes were lifted up and they saw the ark. The glory had returned. The Lord of hosts has not forgotten us. They came and they celebrated before the Lord. They took the wood from the cart and and they sacrificed it there in that large rock that's still there to this day. They took the oxen. They offered them as as a sacrifice to the Lord. They were so thankful that God had returned. The Philistines who'd followed the ark realized God had even responded to their repentance. And God brought healing to the Philistines. And just when I hoped the people's hearts had returned to God, many of them looked at the ark, for no one could be this close to the ark of the covenant. It's kept in the holy place where only the high priest visited there once a year. But many of them decided to look into the ark. When they opened the ark to see the Ten Commandments, the manna, the rod of Aaron, they still thought they could approach God on their own terms. And God thundered down judgment upon them and 50,000 people died that day. 50,000. The people were shocked. Who can stand in the presence of this holy God? Take the ark away. And they called the man of Kareth Jerem to take the ark up the hill where it remains in Kareth Jerem to this day. I came to the rock and I turned to the people. I said, how long? How long will you serve the Baals? How long will you serve the Ashtoreths? Return to our God. He is faithful even when we are faithless. But you must return to him with your whole heart and repentance before him. And the people did. The people did. They fasted and they prayed and they worshiped. And the worship was so loud, the Philistines thought we were gathering for battle. The people were terrified, but we continued to worship. They said, do not cease crying out to the Lord for a Samuel. And I didn't. I took a perfect lamb as a sacrifice for all we'd done wrong. And I offered it and I named this place Ebenezer. For the Lord has helped us thus far. In the place of our greatest faithlessness could be the place we found him most faithful. And with that, God thundered against the Philistines, causing confusion in their ranks, and we pushed them back into their territory. And God restored the cities the Philistines had taken from us. 
cities like Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah, where I have walked the circuit all these years. And for the rest of my life, I went from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, and then I did it again. Toward the end of my life, as was my tradition, I returned to the hometown, my hometown of Rama. When I arrived, the elders met me there, and the elders said to me, Samuel, you are very old, and you are very advanced in age. Huh? And your sons have corrupted themselves. They've taken bribes and corrupted worship. They have not followed in your ways. Therefore, give us a king. A king? No, 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 the Lord of hosts wants us all to be a kingdom of priests with only him serving as king. No, no, we shall not have a king. Lord, they want a king. Samuel, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Give them a king, but forewarn them. Forewarn them of the behavior of a king. Gather with me, stand before me, and I will give you the word of the Lord. This is the behavior of a king. He will take. He will take what is yours, and make it his. He will take your sons, take them off to his wars, make them captains of his fifties and hundreds and thousands. He will take, he will take, he will take. He will take your daughters, make them into his cooks and perfumers. And everything that was once yours will be his. He will take your vineyards, your wheat harvest, a tenth of this and a tenth of that, a tenth of your vineyards and a tenth of your land, and you shall be his servants. Nevertheless, Samuel, we want a king. So I gave them a king. I anointed King Saul, a man who started off so faithful and humble, but refused to do the little things again and again over time. Instead, when he rebelled against the Lord, he did not seek the Lord in repentance. And he would eventually lose everything. Sons, 
daughters and the kingdom. I said, Saul, when you were little in your own eyes and humble before the Lord, you obeyed him. But now God will take the kingdom from you and give it to someone better than you, someone who has a heart for God, a whole heart for him. Each one, go to your own city. Find our faithful God and serve him. And serve him alone. Saul was unable to find a faithful God in the cities he was called to. What of you? Will you go to your city? Will you find the faithfulness of God whose mercies are new every morning? Will you be faithful over time, over the circuit, year after year after year in your Bethel and in your Gilgal and in your Mizpah? Oh, you'll be faithless at times, but call out to him in repentance, for his mercies are new every morning. New every morning, the Lord of hosts. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen.